sovereign bonds extend rally on soft economic data. U.S. equity traders remain, however, cautious as recession rules mount, but the morose economic outlook doesn't prevent the German DAX index from hitting a fresh record. The euro dollar extends losses as U.S. crude slips below the $70 per barrel level. So we have a lot to talk about today. Welcome. This is Swiss Coats Daily Market Talk. Wow, it was yet another day of interesting price action in the financial markets yesterday. The U.S. bonds continue to rally on soft U.S. economic data, but the major U.S. stock indices remains quite unreactive to the further fall that we saw in the U.S. yields. European indices continued their advance, however, and the euro fell on softening European Central Bank expectations. So we will talk about all that in this episode. But first, while well, U.S. crude plummeted 4% at yesterday's trading session and sank below the $70 per barrel level and Brent crude slipped below the $75 per barrel mark yesterday. So momentum traders and falling trading volumes worsened crude's recent plunge, while OPEC's latest announcement of output cuts and Saudi Arabia's additional threats that they will extend their solo production cuts beyond the first quarter of next year went totally unheard by investors. Worse, as oil bears saw that the overall market reaction wasn't that bad to the news and to these threats, while they actually feel more confident today to increase their bets against crude. As such, the expanded cartel's shrinking share of global output and the frictions that we see today among OPEC members regarding this supply cut strategy mean that either the supply cuts from OPEC don't make much difference for the global oil supply or further action will be difficult and maybe just too costly. And add the global slowdown woos into that mix and the dwindling falling open interest and algorithmic trades lack of emotion regarding these OPEC news and the Saudi Arabian threats while well, you understand why the barrel of US crude is now below the $70 per barrel level and not above the $100 per barrel this December as many many big barrels bank analysts had forecasted at the start of this year. And if a more than 4.5 million barrel fall in the U.S. oil reserves last week couldn't halt yesterday's sell-off in crude oil, well, it is also said that it is apparently because the number that was released yesterday was blurred by a big, big margin error, the biggest on record apparently, or the bulls just couldn't find that energy to swim against such a strong tide. Now, the million dollar question is, what will happen to the price of a barrel of crude from now, right? Uh, at the current levels, while well, crude oil is trading near oversold market conditions. So your mathematical, your algorithmic models based on these market and mathematical metrics should take that into account and we shall see some slowdown in selling. Therefore, we shall see a certain rebound at the current levels in oil prices. Yet, any price recovery could remain limited 
trade at the $75 to $78 range, including the minor 23.6% Fibonacci retracement and the 200-day moving average. And once the time is right, once the market conditions are better, well, we could actually see this negative move in oil extend toward the $65 to $67 region. Remains the question of U.S. strategic reserves that the U.S. is set to consider refilling between the $67 to $72 region. Yes, that will certainly help slow the downside pressure at this range, but keep in mind that these buybacks or the refilling of the U.S. strategic reserves are limited to about three million barrels per month, and that's due to physical constraints and well, such a small number won't reverse the tide. The question is, is it a good idea to short oil? Well, it could be. It could be, but still, don't forget that the geopolitical events in the Middle East could give a sudden shake to the upside anytime. And you should always have your stop loss in place if you short oil. And I think that 80 to 83 region is technically and psychologically a good candidate for placing a stop loss in case you are short oil or you could just opt for a long put option which will give you the right to sell oil if oil falls below a certain price. Now of course these falling oil and these falling energy prices help softening the global inflation expectations and keep the central bank those in charge of the market, along with some well, sufficiently soft economic data from the US and elsewhere that point at the end of the global monetary policy tightening campaign. So this week, the Reserve Bank of Australia and Bank of Canada kept their interest rates unchanged as expected, although the RBA said that they could hike again if these homegrown inflation doesn't stall in Australia. But overall, the Federal Reserve is expected to cut its rates as soon as in May next year. And the European Central Bank is now expected to announce six 25 base point cuts next year. So if that's the case, well, the European Central Bank should start cutting its interest rates before the Federal Reserve. So it's going to be sometime in the first quarter of next year. So it sounds well, quite overstretched to me. It's not impossible, but it is overstretched. Now, of course, looking at the data, the European economies are not shining bright this year because data released earlier this week show that the French industrial production, for example, fell unexpectedly for the third straight month in the month of October. Then the Spanish output declined as well and released yesterday while well, the German factory orders fell 3.7% in October versus just a 0.2% increase penciled in by analysts. So the slowing European economies and falling inflation in the Eurozone obviously help building a case in favor of a European central bank rate cut next year, even though I really don't think that the European Central Bank will be cutting the interest rates anytime in the first half of next year. An economic slowdown is the natural response that the European Central Bank officials were looking for to slow inflation in the Eurozone. And now that it happens, now that inflation slows, well, they won't be leaving the battlefield before time, before making sure that there is no more sign of life for inflation.
But the euro dollar is understandably extending its losses within the bearish consolidation zone as the German 10-year yield sinks below the 2.20% level. The euro dollar is now testing the 100-day moving average support to the downside. Now looking at the technicals, trend and momentum indicators are comfortably bearish and RSI hints that we are not yet dealing with the oversold market conditions in the euro dollar. Therefore, we could easily expect the sell-off in the euro dollar to deepen toward the 107-107.30 region. Now, the direction of the euro dollar is, of course, also very, very much dependent on what the US dollar leg of the pair will do as well. So, looking at the US dollar, we see the dollar index recover this week and that despite the falling yields driven lower by a soft set of US jobs data released so far this week, in the sense the jobs data showed a significant fall in job openings in the US in October, while yesterday's ADP prints revealed around 100,000 new private job additions last month. So that was much less than 130,000 jobs penciled in by analysts. So there is no apparent correlation between these jobs data and the Friday's official NFP read, mind you. But but the simple fact that this independence data points at further uh, loosening in the US jobs market, well, obviously does comfort the Federal Reserve dose in the idea that, yes, ladies and gentlemen, the US jobs market is finally given in. Now on the yields front, the US two-year yield remains steadyish near the 460-465% region, while the US 10-year yield fell to 4.10% yesterday. So the US 10-year yield was around 90 basis points lower yesterday than it was by the end of October. So this is a big, big decline, mind you, and it means that investors are now ramping up the US slowdown bets and even recession bets, and that's actually why we don't see the US stocks react to the first the fall in the US yields and indeed this MP500 and Nasdaq they both fell at yesterday's trading session while while their European peers extended gains and that regardless of the overbought market conditions in the European stock markets the stock 600 index closed yesterday's session above the 470 level and the softening European Central Bank expectations are certainly and clearly the major driver of the European stocks toward the year-to-date highs. I mean, look, the German stocks hit an all-time high level this week and that despite the morose economic outlook for Germany. So at this point, I really think that it's gently time to bet for a correction in the European stocks as well. Well, if you want emotion, well, I would advise you to go back to Bitcoin. So this is all for today. I'm Ipekus Kardeshkoy and thank you for joining me and thank you for all your interesting and supportive messages. I hope this episode of Market Talk has been helpful and it has been insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments, your reactions and your questions below as usual. And follow us on Instagram, on X and on LinkedIn for regular market updates and subscribe to our YouTube channel, of course, for daily market comments. And please do not forget to hit the like button to let us know that you enjoy these videos. So I will meet you again tomorrow. And until then, good day trading.